Hello, my name is Calvin Emekonka, and it is my privilege to welcome you to this Euro 2020-themed special edition of your Sports Memo podcast. This is thanks to COVID-19. God, our COVID stuff actually started in 2019, didn't it? That's why it is COVID-19. It, it delayed this tournament from last summer into this summer. And come Friday, Europe will be a buzz with the 2020 European Championships. I'm trying to remember my very first European Championship. I think it was 1984 edition. Yes, some of my, a lot of my panelists were not even born then, but they're going to come here now and start telling me all these things they know about football. But that's a different matter. Right, my first European Championship was the 84 edition in which Michel Platini absolutely obliterated everybody in that tournament. But that's a different, that's a different podcast. I'm going to get people, people of my generation to discuss that on a different show completely. But tonight, to this afternoon, I've got um, some really, really intelligent football followers, writers, analysts from across, uh, well, I would say from two countries, from Nigeria and here with me in London. So I'll start with um, Deji, D1 Ball, Deji Yoseni. Deji, welcome to your Sports Memo podcast again. Um, thank you for having me. <laughs> Excellent. In Nigeria, I have uh, no. Actually, I do have. I do have um, in in Canada, Ogaga Akpomiemie, who is somewhere in Canada. He will tell us where. Ogaga, welcome to the show. Ogaga. Welcome to the show. Nah, okay, guys, not there. Um, Edimo is he, also he, I'm, in I'm Nigeria. Here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Thank you, Gaga. Thank you for finally joining us. Thank you for being on the show. In Nigeria, is also Edimo. Eddie, what does most? What is the meaning of Mo? What does it end with? Uh, uh, the Mo is actually Montana. Uh, Absolutely. Eddie Montana, thank you for coming on your Sports Memo podcast. Thank you for having me. Also in, I think he's in Abuja or is he in Makodi, he's my, my personal, 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 personal person. Eddie welcome to your Sports Memo podcast. My pleasure, sir. Thank you. Finally, he's, he's finally joined us. Um, Chidezie, finally, welcome to your Sports yes. Memo podcast. Yeah, afternoon, good afternoon everyone, or morning anywhere you are around the world. Uh, it's a pleasure joining you guys today. Fantastic. I'm going to start with Deji. Deji, is football coming yes. home finally? Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think so. Um, I, I, would love to, I would love to say it is, mm. but the truth is that um, I just think that France and Belgium team are just a bit too strong for England. And um, the, uh, we've seen England struggle when they face the bigger teams. I think England will have no problem reaching the semi-finals, but once they get to the semi-final, I think mm. that's where they're going to have issues. Um, so, unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to happen. What What did you make of um, Ben White replacing Trent and um, Alexander Arnold? I didn't see that coming at all. I I could have I could have placed a bet. A huge bet on my mortgage with uh, um, Ward Prowse or Jesse Lingard replacing the Liverpool right back. Yes, I think we we all had um, yeah we all thought that uh, um, James Ward Prowse would probably be the selection, um, and obviously because he offers a unique I think he he has a unique skill set which mm-hmm. would have been very um, valuable to England. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know. Uh, the manager has made his choice um, and he's chosen to bring in uh, White so uh, we'll see how it works personally um, you know um, I- I've always been of the opinion that England would be much, much more successful if they played a counter-attacking style instead of trying to force possession like they normally do 
um, obviously in the past five years or so, you know, England have tried to dominate possession. That's been the way forward. Obviously, I can understand why. Uh, you know, all of the top ten, majority of the top ten football nations, mm-hmm. they will play possession style of football. And obviously, England, uh, as a level of pride, they don't feel it's appropriate for the national team to be playing counter-attacking football. <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, um, you know, maybe he might choose to do the counter-attacking, maybe, or maybe even against uh, the biggest teams. If you know England get drawn against France or Germany, maybe we might see England using that full speed um, because England has a lot of you know physicality and speed in this in this team mm-hmm. but obviously they're not using it when they're playing these possession trying to play this possession style right um, but it'll be interesting to see right um, educate you are a squadra azuri man in terms of um, yes sir Roberto Mancini and his bunch of the blue the blue the blue diamonds I I for some reason, I've always had a soft spot for um, the Italians. I, one of the times we were bantering on Twitter, I did ask a question that who will score the goals for for Italy? And um, somebody came up with Immobile, Insigne, and then with the prompting of um, Verratti and uh, also Pelotti. What, what for you, AJK, why do you feel so strongly about um, Italy winning this this tournament? Okay, for certain reasons, people tend to undermine Italy when it comes to international tournaments, and I think it's wrong. Italy and Germany have proven to be successful over time mm-hmm. at international tournaments. So I think what we're playing to Italy's hand is people underrating them. They have a solid core. In the rumor, they have a very good goalkeeper. They're very young, yeah. but very, very good. Yeah. Uh, they have Bonucci and Chelini for experience at the back. They can also call on the Chelsea man, Jorino, to also shift teams in the middle. Mm. They have the, Inter- uh, the Inter Milan young star, Barella. So I think Italy is, it's, they are fully stacked, not like the big boys, but they can play undercover until they get to semi-finals. I, I see them coming out of Group A, which has um, Switzerland, um, they have Switzerland and I think Austria and some others. So yep. I think they would do they would do they would do very well in Group A and and from there is anybody's game. They're in the same group with Switzerland, Turkey and Wales. And on the subject and Wales, yeah. So yeah. go on, go on, yeah. yeah, and, and that is very that that is not a bad group to to be in. So I think they will do well and they will qualify from that group. And then from then on, it becomes. Um, anybody's game or it become the experience of the tournament experience is that what you're hoping that Italy will count on yes yes the tournament experience of the the big boys of Juventus they have Immobile they have Insigne Mm -hmm. in good form Mm -hmm. Federico Chiesa is another good player Domingo Berardi Benadeschi they're all very good players that I think will come to their own when will hold their own when they play these big boys at the tournament so I'm looking for Italy all the way Um, Ogaga if if, yes, you, sure. if you were um, Mancini and Gareth Southgate and you listened to um, um, Arsene Wenger the other day saying that uh, France can actually field two teams that can dominate these Euros, what would you, as the manager of those of, of uh, manager of the other countries who are in this tournament, what what would you say? What are you going to say to your players after they've heard Benga saying this? What, what, what would make them think that, nah, man, Benga is chatting dust. We are good enough to win this tournament. Okay. Um, thank you very much for, you know, for having me again. And um, I would say, first of all, um, I, I want to draw inspiration from the tournament that just ended. Um, which is the Euro Under 21 Cup, right? So, that was a tournament I closely followed. And um, when you see the French team that went to the Euro Under 21, the likes of Bubakari Somare, um, Matteo Genduzi missed out on the finals because of the fact that he got injured right, from the sem- from semi-final stage. Mm-hmm. But that team was stacked. Austin Edward, the man who is heading to Leicester City, you know, he manned the attack. Amigui was also there. The centre-back pairing of Ibrahim Konate and Dario Opamecano, 
um, which are two players that are really solid and making big money moves to Bayern Munich and Liverpool respectively. They were at centre-back. Um, Ilan Mesley, the lead goalkeeper, was, was, was in goal, Colin Dagba, fully stacked in wow. Ikone. And they didn't even make know, the final. And they, they clashed out to Netherlands in, in, in the quarter-final, you know. And this is and the Netherlands side too themselves. They they had some key stars, right? So mm-hmm. the like of Marion Bradu, um Justin Clivet, you know, mm-hmm. all of these players that are not really on, on the level of the French player because the, the French team, just like the Euros team, they they were fully stacked for the under twenty one Euros, but mm-hmm. there was a team that, you know, sought through them and made it past them when they met. So I think that as much as this French team is fully stacked and it's difficult to look past them. Mm-hmm. I watched them yesterday in their um, friendly, in their warm-up game where Benzema had to get off the pitch because he got injured. Olivier Giroud comes on the pitch and he scores two goals, you know, five goals now behind this record. Kylian, Kylian Mbappe is not someone that you can underrate at any moment. And Tom Griezmann keeps scoring goals for fans. Mm-hmm. As much as they look so solid, if you frustrate fans like Portugal did in last year, yeah. right in front of their home crowd, if you frustrate them, if you sit behind the ball, if you do not come out, at some point they would begin to come out because fans want to dominate possession, especially for Pogba himself, right? They want to dominate possession. They want to get at you if you can frustrate them. And one, just one counter might just be enough to see you pass them. Right. Chidoshi, I I am I've been fortunate enough. I, I've been old I'm old and fortunate enough to have seen so many countries have um, what they call their golden generation. And the Portuguese had a golden generation that that gave us Figo and um, Ricosta and many of them that won they won twice the world under twenties, but they never got round to delivery. England had a golden generation also, and they never got round to delivering at the world or even the European stage. I, I also remember Spain at a time when they had a generation of players that included Sanchez, uh, Emilio Butragueno, and they couldn't win anything. It was it was a different era that started winning stuff for for Spain. Um, JC, Belgium now, do you, I, I strongly believe that these Euros present the last opportunity for the so-called Belgium golden generation to deliver a trophy. What's your view on this? Interestingly, when you were when you were talking about golden generations, I thought you were going to talk about um, how France are having golden generation at the point. Uh, but then again, like you said, Belgium. Yes, this this is this has to be one of the times um, they would definitely have to seize the opportunity because I mean we saw how they did so well at the 2018 World Cup. They mm-hmm. came so close, but uh, we saw a better team. In France, doing nicking it over Belgium, and uh, you see the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, uh, uh, Lukaku. They are not mm-hmm. getting any younger, mm-hmm. and and what we've always seen with golden generations is once the golden generation goes away, it will take another while before that national team can get yet another golden generation. Yeah. So I think, just like you suggested, uh, if Belgium don't get it this time, but. Uh, yeah, Perhaps maybe the 2018, the 2022 World Cup could be another chance for them. And if they can't get anything between now and 2022, I think they'll just have to forget about winning anything for a long while before they get another golden generation. What? What? But okay, still on them, this Belgian team. Do you do you make them? Do you see them doing something? Because. I thought they played one of the best uh, football at the 2018 World Cup. I really enjoyed watching them at 2018 World Cup, but I was disappointed in the in the way they allowed France to bully them in that semi-final uh, in Russia. 
do, do you do you think that okay, two years down the line, that or is it three years? Three years down the line, they they are better equipped. Having said that, having said that, their their talisman three years ago was Edin Hazard, and is is a far the same. It's not the same Edin Hazard that we have now. Why should they not aspire to win this tournament? Why shouldn't they win this tournament? Uh, the thing is, like you said, they have a good squad. Um, it's not about can, should they win it. Every team goes into the tournament wanting to win the um, wanting to win that tournament. Mm. Uh, but the thing is, we can't talk about Belgium without talking about other teams in the tournament. Uh, Belgium are definitely one of the favourites at the tournament. Uh, my top four for this Euros would have, would have to be Belgium, England, um, say Portugal. Okay, say top five: Portugal, England, Portugal, Germany, and France. Those are my top picks um, for the Euros. Mm. And trust me, Belgium are not going there to just be um, participants at the Euros. But the question now should be: Can they win it? Is it their Euros? And Honestly, I don't think so. I see a France taking it. Um, I don't know. I'm being, I'm being, I'm being partisan to Portugal because of the Ronaldo factor. I really would love to see Ronaldo win years again, uh, but I don't know if they can go all the way. Uh, Belgium looks like one of those teams that will make the semi-finals, but. To be very frank, I don't think this is your Euros. To be very frank, I actually don't think they have everything. They have a good manager. They have good players. Mm-hmm. They have good goal scorers. Um, look, a formidable midfield. But the question is, when it boils down to okay, let's say if it boils down to a final of Portugal and Belgium, mm-hmm. a final of Belgium and France, a final of Belgium and Germany, mm-hmm. do I see Belgium winning it? The answer is no. Wow. Mr. Montana, Eddie, Good in, in, um, in 20, uh, 2018 World Cup and recently, Germany under Joaquin Lowe have become, I don't even know how to describe the things that have been happening to them lately, even though they beat, who was that, they beat 7-1 during the week. You see how we, it, this is one of the first tournaments in since Lowe started managing Germany, that they're not one of the favourites. Do you do you think that Germany can do what Germany do often? That they can sneak up on everybody and win this tournament? Uh, well, first of all, I think the pressure is on for, for Germany. Um, I think Jacqueline um, Lowe having to leave the position this after this tournament, we'll be looking to leave uh, on the high. Mm-hmm. So, I think the pressure is on, and I think the media uh, presence not focusing on Germany as much might just give them you know, that um, that chance to sneak past you know people on notice. But bear in mind they they are in the group of death. And, yeah, uh, that's some group. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you know, in football, uh, like we like to talk about it and, and um, analyze it, it's not played on, you know, on our WhatsApp call. It's played on, you know, on, on the pitch of play. So any anything anything on the day could actually go wrong. Give yourself a knock there. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. So, uh, so yeah, so anything on the, on the day on the night could happen, and you know the. the they lose it based on maybe one um, a, a fantastic free kick or a good set piece or you know a penalty. You know, so but I like this German team. I mean, we all love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we are all familiar with, with with the players from Manuel Neuer to Thomas Muller, mm-hmm. uh, Joshua Kimmich. So, I mean, you could go on and on and mention practically the whole um, 20, 26 months squad. So I think with the media not having that much um, uh, of view on Germany yes. as the favorite, as the favorite, because they go into this tournament as the right um, um, group, you know. After, uh, sorry, the Belgians and the French and uh, uh, France and all. So I think that might be that might play to their advantage. And bear in mind. That the law is leaving, mm-hmm. so it might give them that extra that extra motivation to want to give their manager of fifteen years 
um, the, 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 the fantastic. Right. Um, we, we keep losing Eddie. I, Deji, I, I, I cannot, for the life of me, understand who it was that made these draws. That group F, how? How is that? I can't. I'm just looking at it, and I'm thinking, whoa. We can easily, easily have Portugal finishing last in that group. It's not impossible. What What is your What, what is your take on on this? I, every time I watch Portugal play, I, I don't. I'm wondering that. Do you think it's possible for Ronaldo to be able to drive this team? Forward, even some more. The you know what the the, the crazy thing is is that um, you know on paper mm. Portugal isn't too different to um, what you know to, to be honest on paper I would probably say Portugal have a better squad in Germany um, and you know it's not far off to say that they are realistically strong enough on their best day to challenge France. Really, I mean you know. I mean, if you're looking at the Portuguese team, I mean, they I have... Get, um, I don't get that feeling when I watch them. Well, so that's the thing. You see, they have several individuals yes. that are quality players. Yes. But when they come together as a team, they mm-hmm. never quite uh, provide that level of uh, competition, that level of um, um, execution that you think to yourself, like, wow, this team should be capable. You know, you're just thinking to yourself, like, why do you have all of this? But it doesn't mesh, you know, it just doesn't come together. Mm. Um, and um, obviously, the thing is, is that people talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. But really and truly, I think this is the time for the younger players to be oh, taking hold of the team to step up and yeah. say, this is now my team. I mean, Bruno Fernandes does that a lot for Man United. You know, uh, a lot of these players like Bernardo Silva, these are leaders in their teams. Mm. Like these are players who, in their club level, they step up. But when it comes to their national team, I don't know whether maybe they out they are afraid to outshine Ronaldo. It's 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 such a weird dynamic that happens in that team. Um, obviously, you know, I think um, Portugal definitely have a, they're in with a chance, but it's a very very difficult group. And you know, people are even forgetting the fact that Hungary qualified. Um, and you know Hungary didn't qualify in last place in their group they were you know they were a team that were quite consistent in the qualifiers yeah. so you know they may offer a surprise or two to um, some of these teams who have probably already written them off you see this 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 Portugal discussion makes me um because I, 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 there are some footballers that by virtue of their personality they tend to dominate. Um, they tend to dominate everything. Um, uh, Ogaga, we they mentioned they mentioned Ronaldo, and I, I did mention Ronaldo. There's something I I, I remember when Alex was getting rid of um, some players in at Manchester United during the summer of 2006. One of the things he mentioned was that he needed some players to go. So that the top, the younger players can um, rise up to the responsibilities. Do you think that it's possible that, as good as he is, as as um, patriotic that he is, that Ronaldo just listen? I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Might just be, might be inhibiting his younger, might be inhibiting the likes of Bruno Fernandes and um, Bernardo Silva, as they just said, from actually coming out and playing the way they should play. Okay, um, first of all, I, uh, when I, I look at, at Portugal and I see the team, I don't see them as an attacking threat. Right. And, it, and it, it is sad to say because they have Cristiano Ronaldo. They are more of a defensively compact unit. Um, back in 2016, when they won the Euros, they, they played negative football. The likes of William Cavallo, Danilo Pereira, Graham mm. Martino, it was basically that three, you know, that kept them together. Um, Ronaldo, you know, would definitely come to the, the, the party when he fouled. Nani in that in that tournament also, you know, played his played his part. This time, um, they have reverted to the the regular 4-2-3-1. So it's basically 
going to be um, Martino and one of the black boys, whether it's Cabal or Danilo, you know, filling in with the team. Fernandez in, in, in front, Ronaldo on the left, Bernardo on the right, then one man up top, which would most likely be Andre Silva because of the goals he has scored for yeah, Inter yeah. Frankfurt in yeah. the in the off season. Yeah. Um, also, Liverpool's Diogo Jota could fill that role, or they could do Ronaldo on on the in the middle and um, um, Gonzalo Guedes, the man who scored the goal for them to win the Nations League in 2019, there as mm. well. So mm. they have options. They definitely have options. This Portuguese squad, but what I really see them is their centre back and teams that win tournaments. They usually do not concede goals. Um, Josephon just won the league at 38 with OFC Lille in France. Wait, is Fon still, still in the squad? Of, of course. Of, yeah, in the squad, of course. Oh, in the yeah. squad. Okay. Uh, so, Josephon just won the league with OFC Lille. Um, and of course, Ruben Diaz, you can't underlook what he has done for Manchester City. He on, on, almost won the Champions League, won the PFA, the football Writer player of the year, and of course he won. He won the league. We revolutionized the team this season after their um, dismal last outing in 2020, 20, in 2019, 2020. So their centre back pair is very strong. Um, their full back position also very strong. We can call on on, on Cancelo. They have a Nuno Mendes who is very young and of course energetic at left back. So their defensive unit feels so strong. In goal, they have very bad pass Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Okay, 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 okay. Wait, wait. Are you tipping Portugal to retain the title? I wouldn't say I'm, I'm tipping them to retain the title. In, in in fact, I am not a Ronaldo fan. Let's let's just put that out out there. But I just see that their defensive unit is very strong. When I look at all other teams, I am not convinced about them defensively. As much as I, I love them, they have one they have one weakness for me. In 2018, the World Cup, the, the one they had Umpimpi and and um, um, Bayern, right? Right yeah. now they have Bayern and, and they have Bayern and Kimpembe. Kimpembe is like a mistake waiting to have to happen, and so is Longley. They are both disaster at left at left and centre back. Mm. They, they they should have had options. You know, the Konate and and um Upamecano that they took to under the under twenty one, they mm. should have been in that squad rather than you know Brian or Longley. In England, they are centre back. It, it, it's a disaster. No matter how we we choose to see it, whether it's, it's Maguire, it's Stones, <laughs> it's, it's um. Kyoming, like they are, they are all calamity waiting to happen. When you look at Germany, you, you are not really convinced. Um, is, is it Umel? is quite old. There is a man who is a very good footballer. Of course, I am convinced with that one. Rudiger has uh, he has his moments where you know it just doesn't work work for him, and their replacements are, are not so you know good. Belgium have lost their main defensive forward from 2018 in this company. So, in, in Spain, Spain, I haven't gone with Sergio Ramos. Wait, wait, wait. You are moving too far for me. I <laughs> I, I have to get... I, I've got to get um, Chilese back in. Chilese, in 2008, the... Was it quarter-final? Yes, it was the quarterfinal. Spain. Fabregas' penalty was the winning penalty that took Spain past Italy. It was one of the first times that Spain were beating Italy in a major tournament. And it broke a voodoo. It broke a hoodoo for them. And they went on to win the 2008 Euros. Two years later, in South Africa, Iniesta slams home that extra extra time winner Spain are crowned um, world champions another two years they beat 10 man Italy 4-1 I think it was, was it? 4-0 whatever to win 
Euros 2012. Now we're going into another European championship, and I I have not heard, I've not read anywhere anybody actually tipping Spain. Where do you, what do you think is responsible for this? Uh, I, I think Spain are in the rebuilding process, and that's why many people are not considering them right now. Mm. Uh, just like how you asked about golden generation a while ago, uh, Spain's golden generation has come and gone, and right now it's basically rebuilding for them. And I think that's why many people are not talking about um, the Spain's national team as one of the favorites for Euros. Mm. Uh, I can't outrightly pick out, say, the first, the starting eleven of Spain. I saw a couple of their games mm. um, earlier in the year, the last international window, and uh, we saw rotation. And I still expect there will be rotation, especially considering uh, Enrique has not been on the job for so for so long. So, the summary is Spain are just undergoing a rebuilding process. If they are to win the Euros, I would definitely say it's come as a surprise because they are not one of the teams you would say um, have the best players at the tournament right now. So mm. I think it's as a case of they are still building, they are still trying to understand who is the best. You, you see the likes of Ramos leaving the team, not being part of the team. It means they will have to also exploit uh, um, do a little experiment and mm-hmm. competition uh, because they don't know who would really be centre back and who would be replacing and all those type of things. They are trying to refill spaces that were filled by regulars before. So I think that's the reason why people are not really considering them as one of the favourites. Like I said earlier, if they win the Euros, it will come as a surprise. I'm not expecting them to do. I expect them to do well, but not do so much. What will be that doing well for you? Uh, say quarterfinals. The quarterfinals is, is enough for them, I guess. Right. Okay. Um, educate. It's it's um yeah. it's been um what two thousand and six. The last time Italy won when they won the World Cup, they've they've not. And the closest they were taking was I think it was um Euro twenty twelve when did they make us when did they. They beat Germany, yes, when they got to the final. On yeah. the, on the, they lost to Spain. And they lost to Spain. I, I, yeah. I'm trying to find out what this tournament as a whole, this tournament as a whole, do you, what are you expecting? See, personally, I, 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 I because of the Champions League, we don't, when we watch tournaments like this, international tournaments like the Euros um, and the World Cup, even the AFCON. We don't get to see anything new anymore. We don't get to we don't get to observe. Teams tend to play the same way. These are play, the players we have all seen so many times during the season. What should what should excite anybody going into this tournament? Okay, well, for, for starters, I think the level of competition in European football has has increased. We have uh, most of these teams trying out new things. Three at the back used to be um, a new thing for club football. Mm-hmm. Now most countries are adopting three at the back. Most countries like to play from the back too. So I think the level of competition for European football is high. Uh, personally for me, I like to see from the coaches' angle. Mm. I think most of the coaches going to tournaments can boast of having their own. In, in Italy, we have Mancini, who's won almost everything everywhere he's, he's been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, England has Southgate, who has been a job for a while. Joachim Lowe has been in, in Germany for 15 years. So you have coaches that can also bring one or two surprising elements. Mm. I, I'm looking forward to a very good, good tournament, despite the fact that it will be staggered around nations. And I know that would have um, some... some un- doing on on uh, on some players because you, you play here and you're going there the next time you're playing here so I don't know how they're going to cope with that but I hope in all of this that we see a very fantastic tournament I, ca- I can't wait for it to get started it's alright okay it's all right. Eddie Montana Eddie Montana who is giving me yeah. feedback somebody is giving me feedback with his phone um, Eddie we we 
I don't know. You, you guys are probably too young to have seen the Dutch team that won the Euros in 1988. Every time I've watched Holland since, I have always been greatly underwhelmed just watching them. Whenever I try to compare them to that to that team of Hulit, Van Basten, Ronald Koeman, Erwin Koeman, Jan Valters, and all of those players who who made some of us want to go out and just go and play and play set and play like the Dutch used to play at the time. This, yeah, this, yeah. What, what, how can, can you give, give, um, give a Dutchman hope that they might just be able to surprise everybody and win this tournament? Uh, I mean, that's a tough um, task. You just gave me right there because... <laughs> Uh, I think a lot of us in no, football no. know. <laughs> a lot of a lot of us in football know uh, know the Dutch as uh, the bridesmaid of major tournaments. I mean, they've lost three World Cup finals in, in you know in in um, in um, recent memories, and and they've actually not qualified for back to back major tournaments up until this um, this twenty twenty one Euro that's coming up now. So. I mean, it's their first Euro game since 2008. All these, all these records back and forth. I mean, where's the hope? Where, where do they see? You know, what gives them the confidence that they might do something? I mean, you have to place the Netherlands with the likes of um, Sweden, wow. um, with the likes, with the likes of. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because 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 with all because you just called those that that golden generation, and mm. after that. We, they haven't had quite that golden generation after that but I mean the individual talents that come out of that country and they and they get them young they mm. get them really young and we see them go all the way to Ajax and PSB and Feyenoord and then they go to um, bigger clubs and they still excel but when it comes to the national team things I think they seem to have this very very bad luck and you know coming into this tournament it's no different I mean Personally, I, I would have to put them down in the third um, third list of of um, favorite. Like I said, I mean, I'm putting them with Sweden, and I, I might as well put them with, put them um, alongside Hungary. Not as not individuals, but as a, but as a team, as a team, they haven't they haven't they haven't they haven't shown that potential that we always love to see about the Dutch um, national team. The flair, mm. the 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 um, technicality, the mm. talent that's there, mm. you know. But it, but it seems like maybe, maybe they might be not in this tournament. I don't see them doing um, fantastic in this, in this tournament. But maybe they might just be building something else going forward. Uh, we like to see um, a lot of their players are, are starting to get into big clubs and I, I... play um, regularly and in the Champions League. So. Eddie, I was I was in um, I was in Portugal for the uh, the Nations League tournament, and I, I saw Holland against England. Maybe it's because um, Ronald Koeman has left. I saw the team that played yeah, England, and yeah. I, I they played some really nice stuff. I, I, in fact, I, I, if most most people who follow me remember that, I was watching their training session, and I I videoed the session that they were doing. And I, I put I, I put it up and during the game so listen coaching is a different matter entirely I I saw <laughs> I saw so many of the things that I saw in training I saw them putting it up during the game against England and I was like whoa is that right but so maybe yeah. maybe it's because of um is a new manager maybe maybe that's that yeah. might be a factor yeah yeah, uh, I think everybody here would be surprised by the when uh, Frank de Boer was appointed. I, I don't think I'm the only one that was that was surprised because because of his recent managerial adventures. I mean, he lasted was it four months at, at Crystal Palace. That mm. has to be one one of the shortest uh, appointments that I, mean, I have heard about in my own short um, life, <laughs> lifetime. I don't know about you, sir. Maybe you have heard it from, from way back. But you, know, but, you have to, but you have to question what that appointment says mm. you know, to this um, national team. I, 
I know I would admit that when 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 um Deboa was there, sorry, mm-hmm. you, I would admit you, when you're absolutely correct because on that Kuman they beat didn't they beat France in Paris during the European Nations League qualifiers? I think yes, they did. Uh-huh. They did for the Nations League. Yes, so it, it's I'm surprised at how they've gone back. Go, go on, go on, Eddie. Yeah, so I was I was going to say under um Bonacuman, like you said, there was something interesting that was building. Mm. The way they play, the way they go, um, having um, what's his name, um, Matthew to pay, mm. uh, you know, floating out uh, in and around the first nine positions. That's like true. they That's were true. building, they were building something really special, and it was just it was really sad that he chose to take the option when Barcelona came calling because I felt that with Coleman, the national team. If he had stayed up until now, mm. I'm pretty sure a lot. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have been, you know, maybe opening more eyes towards um, the Dutch side than they are right now. But I mean, the they come into this tournament. A lot of their players don't seem haven't seemed to have the best um, form in, in you know in um, in um, in a club side. Um, their centre back Matic, the leads, you know. Juventus didn't have the best of seasons. Uh, Don Ivan, their big just got you know injured, and that's sad. I mean, having uh, having had a terrible season at club level, mm. uh, now you know, not that great season with Liverpool. So all these, all these, all these players, you just hope that they put away their club uh, form and go into the national team as patriotic as they can. But then again, I I go back to what I said. It's hard to see the Netherlands you know, put up much of the fight in this year's tournament. Right. Okay. Gentlemen, I in the next the next three, four minutes, four, five minutes, I am going to name check all of you and you're going to give me your who is going to win um the title and who is going to win um the MVP and who's going to be the top scorer. So if you've got the pen, write your stuff down. And we'll be right back. Yep, welcome back to this Euro 2020 themed edition of your Sports Mobile Podcast. My name is still Calvin Mekonwoka, and I've got um, my very good friend here with me in the pod. I'm going to ask them to name the country they think will win the tournament. I because I well, because this is going to be recorded. By the time the tournament is over, I shall come back to all of them and say, look at you here, look at you here, look at you there. So you people have better be careful of what you're going to say. So I'm going to kick off with um Chile. Oh yeah. Go on. Who wins the tournament? Sorry, sorry, I missed that. Who wins the tournament? <laughs> uh, like I said earlier, I would love to see Portugal retain the title too, but um, it's really looking like it's France title to lose. MVP, so I'll pick France. MVP. Uh, the Kante agenda is on right now, so, <laughs> so let, me, let me say that I'm already tipping Kante and France to win the tournament. Everything should go to Kante too. So wait. So by the end of the year, we don't have to fight about who we better. Wait, 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 wait. Because, because he's a nice guy. Wait. Because he's a nice guy. Wait, wait. Let's, this is going to. I want this. This is going to go to all all of you. And um, he says the Kante agenda. This this my interpretation of this is that. He does not agree with all the hype around Ngolo Kante. Deji, is it an agenda or is it? No, is it no, fact? no. I actually, I'm actually for the agenda, I'm not against. All right, I am for the agenda. Deji, yes. what do you think it's of a, this? What is overblown, sir? It's overblown. <laughs> Who, who's that? Who's that? Uh, is overblown. Overblown. Educate. 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 Um, Ogaga, what do you make of Ngolo Kante? You you cannot you cannot overrate Kante. You cannot. I think he's underrated. Right. What? He, he cannot. He cannot. Okay. He works for two. Right, Deji. Um. <laughs> um. You, be, you have to be very careful because you're an Arsenal fan. 
Yeah, um, I have to be very honest. You know, I mean, um, Kante is a fantastic player, but um, you know, defensive mid, you know, the, the players who play not attacking midfielder. Let's just say because obviously, I know a lot of people are very controversial when they talk about Kante's position. Mm. But uh, if you're not an attacking midfielder, mm. um, you know, placing you as one of the best is very. It's a very difficult uh, conversation that people have. Let's just say. All right. Um, that, that's that, that's my own stance. <laughs> Eddie, what's yours? Well, um, I like Kante. I mean, the world lost Kante. He was run for president of the world. I'm sure a lot of people will vote for him. But being a nice being a nice person doesn't get you uh, Ballon d'Or or, or MVP. I, I think um, it's what we see, you know, on the pitch. Mm. And frankly, this is it. In the EPL, mm. in the Premier League proper, mm. he 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 didn't deliver as much as we know Kante to. So uh, I think the whole thing is just you know, overblown. Right. Okay. I I have I'm fortunate enough to have probably watched um, twice the football all of you have watched, and I thank God for the memory that I have. And I can remember almost everything I've watched. I have never. I do not remember seeing any footballer like N'Golo Kante. None. I've never seen any footballer like N'Golo Kante. N'Golo Kante is a complete one-off. They made N'Golo Kante and broke the mold. It's, there's no... There's, it's even a... He's a complete freak. And it's even incredible that, apart from being such a complete freak on the pitch, he is such a different uh, human being with his... Um, million dollar smile all the time so that that for me is what <laughs> usually makes him that that special but okay we we progress who um Chese says is um Kante will win the MVP while France will win the tournament HK yes sir who wins Italy Italy will win of the course. tournament Italy does it right. so yes, MVP Lorenzo Insigne Lorenzo Insigne right excellent yes. Deji <laughs> um, sorry what was the question who wins the tournament and who, who would finish MVP who wins the tournament um, ooh, you know I'm, I'm finding it difficult to say um, between uh, France and uh, possibly Italy um, I would actually have to agree I think Italy People, a lot of people are overlooking Italy and I do think you know having the best record coming into qualifiers um, considering what they did also in the Nations uh, League and uh, just the form that a lot of their players are on mm. I think Italy are offering something to come into the tournament I I think there's a possibility that France may stutter and you know it, it's not going to be very nice but um, there's a lot of banter in it for everybody so <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going with France or Italy. Um, top scorer. Yeah, yeah, sorry, like, you're not allowed. You have to choose one. You have to choose one. Yes, you have Woo. to choose one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, go with, I'll go with Italy as well. I'll go with Italy as well. MVP. Um, MVP. Um, I'm going to go with. Uh, mm, I, I'm going to go with. Um, Lukaku, based on the fact that he will probably be top scorer. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I think um, I think uh, this is a. Uh, I think the likely top scorers are the target men. Mm. Um, who are, you know, uh, Lukaku's in there in that conversation. I think as the lead, um, Harry Kane because I don't see England really getting many goals from elsewhere. Mm. Um, and um, uh, Ronaldo, if if he actually. Um, you know, plays to his if he plays to his game, right? Which you know we've seen we've seen how Portugal do play when he's in the team. So, very quickly, Ogaga, France, Ungolo Kante, fantastic, <laughs> and top, and top scorer would, and top scorer. Oh. Um, there, 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 there are many names in my head right now. Um, there's, um, there's. There's the Hurricane, there's like there's Lukaku, like you said, but I think I think I I would want to go for Burak Yumas because 
I think Turkey Turkey will be the underdog in, the, in this tournament and they have they win a, a lot of penalty and black you you must definitely demand to take it. <laughs> right. <Turkey. laughs> um Montana, bring us home. Yeah. Actually I'm gonna bring all of us home because football is coming home for me. Uh, really? It is, Eddie, you're breaking up back. When, Can you start again? I think. Okay, I said uh, I'm going to go with England as the winners because I, I, I believe when push comes to shove, they're just going to re, um, revert to some Burnley or Crystal Palace kind of football and look for set piece and you know, find a way to win. <laughs> uh, I think with with the skill with the skill sets that their wide um, players have, mm. and Sancho, Sterling, Rashford. Possibly, and with and with VAR, you know, being in this tournament, I think they're going to get lots of penalties. So I'm going with um, Harry Kane as MVP and top scorer. Fantastic, excellent, um, gentlemen. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. Personally, as long as France don't win it, I'm fine. I don't care who else. As long as the French don't <laughs> win it, I am absolutely chuffed to beat. So. I thank you again. Thank you so very much for coming. Um, Chilezie, thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you so much. Ogaga, it's been a pleasure waking you up this morning. Thank you for having me. Um, educate. Fantastic. Thank yes, you for sir. coming. Squadra Azuri. <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, Eddie, you rooted for England. Sensational. Thank you for being on the pod. Really, really nice having you on the pod. Thank you for having me, sir. Deji, I'm sure you'll be back for when I do the Arsenal review, but that'll be after the <laughs> tournament. So, thank you okay. once again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Listen, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure to host this show. And until I come your way next time, my name is Calvin Emekomoka, signing out of your Sports Memo podcast. <laughs> <laughs>